What is up, y'all? It's your boy. It's your boy. It's your boy. Shave the mohawk, take the Jordan tattoo off your calf, and play some ball. He's the best to ever do it. It's that simple. Then go up there with the 12th man, the 13th man, the 15th. You can bring your grandmama's choir on there. Nah, but for real, you gon' have to see me. Everybody want to be famous, but nobody want to put the work in. It's cool, man. Got red bottoms on. Life is good. You know what I mean? Like, for the cheapest ring on What is up, y'all? Welcome to the Quentin Mayo Podcast. I almost said presented by Geico. I say presented by Geico so many times at work. Shameless plug, NBC Sports Washington, Wizards Outsiders, and Wizards Talk. I say presented by Geico so much that anytime I say anything in my like podcasting television voice, it kind of comes out naturally. So, you know. Anyway, that's beside the point. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys for joining. The Wizards lost last night 127 to 116 against the Utah Jazz. The three-game home winning streak snapped in half. The longest winning streak in the Eastern Conference is over. Poor, poor Washington Wizards. But, I mean, it was a lot of things to pick through and, and dissect and talk about. And I'm going to be quick. I promise I'm going to be quick this time. I always say that. And I end up doing a 40 to 50-minute podcast. We're going to keep it under 30 today. And let's keep things moving. Before we get started, make sure you check me out on Twitter and on Instagram at RealQuentinMayo on all social media platforms. And also, after you listen to this podcast or while you're listening to the podcast, leave some feedback. Leave a review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave five stars or leave one star. Whatever you feel is necessary for the content that you're listening to, I'm just happy you're listening. So whatever constructive feedback or criticisms you want to give me, I am all for it. So I got a few notes here that I want to get through, but I always start with the injury um, updates to start the podcast. As you know, Davis Bertans is back. Um, Bradley Beal made his return last night as well. Thomas Bryant made his return last night. Um, and then we got John Wall, who's going through some scrimmages today. That video came out from Chase Hughes, Fred Katz, anyone who was at the practice today. I did not go to practice today because I have to go to work later today. So I just skipped out on that one um, this evening. But Wall's looking good. 11th month mark. He's working back there. But like Tommy Shepard said, there's no need to rush him. I mean, for what? And I just like how we have some clarity in the front office for once. No need to rush him back. I want him at full form. He looks really good in those videos. So make sure you guys go check that out. Rui is traveling with the team to Chicago. He is feeling a tad bit better. Um, he has started to lift a few weights. Nothing crazy. No contact activities. No on-court activities. But he's trying to work back. I said that I personally didn't think he would be back this season. That is just me. I'm very dramatic in some things. But I think that if he does come back, it'll definitely be after All-Star break. So I'm going to kind of... Um, reverse on one of my predictions that he wasn't going to play this season. I think if he does come back, it'll be maybe a month after All-Star break, but they're going to care, handle that situation extremely carefully and make sure that he is 1,000% ready to come back and no other setbacks could happen when he does return to the floor. The growing is a tricky area. Uh, Mo Wagner still in the walking boot. Um, his return is still not imminent. No updates on Mo Wagner at this time, but I'm going to tell you that Mo Wagner should be out of his boot in a couple weeks not this week this is monday or tuesday i'm recording this or is it monday i don't even know what date it is it's monday i'm recording this 
Um, he's trying to get out the boot within the next two weeks. We will see how that goes. CJ Miles does not play for the team anymore. He was waived in favor of Anches Pasichniks, as well as Jonathan Williams came back to the roster. And last but not least, Garrison Matthews dealing with a high ankle sprain. No update on Garrison at this time, but it doesn't look like his ankle sprain is as bad as what Mo Wagner had to go through. All right. Anybody else? Nope. I think that's it. That was a quicker injury update than last week because we had a lot of guys coming back. So I want to start with this. This is a little abnormal. I know it's a lot of Thomas Bryant and Bradley Bill take the cake, but I want to talk about Isak Bonga. I just did a, a quick breakdown of his performance um, yesterday and, and what I've seen from him over the past five games, but he's starting to impress me. And this is a guy that, you know, at the beginning of the season, it, everybody was asking, you know, what can he do? He was a wild card. What is he good at? Is he a playmaker? They say he used to play point guard, or is he a big? Is he a rebounder? Is he a defender? Like, what is his thing? And he's just an all-around player. But the biggest thing for me is that he's starting to become more comfortable in that offense and on defense and in himself, which is the biggest thing for me. So last night he finished with four points, seven rebounds, two assists, and a steal. But I'm going to walk you through a couple plays that he had. And like I said, you can check this out on Twitter. I broke him down. Um, that made me say, hmm. And then I looked at his last five games. He's doing pretty well. He just looks like a different player. So much different. It's like night and day from when we first saw him to start the season. Um, his playmaking, he had a nice drop-off pass to Gary Payton the second in the first quarter. Nice backdoor screen. I want to say it was 8-5 to five at the time. He cut through the lane, was one-on-one -on -one with Rudy Gobert. Garrison Matthews, not Garrison Matthews, Gary Payton was checked by... I want to say Royce, but I'm not sure if it was Royce. Someone was checking him, and he cut back door, and Isak put it on the money for a Gary Payton two-hand slam. That was something that I liked to see from him, that playmaking. He had a few plays like that, and he's been he's been surprising me lately. But that just shows confidence and chemistry and confidence in his teammates to get those plays off. Um, he had a left-handed drive yesterday as well on Rudy Gobert. He went up with the right, switched it to his left while he was falling, and and. I that's enough for me right there. Just me explaining it should um, tell you how impressive that was. And he also, if you look at these few five, last five games, he's doing Euro steps. He's pushing the pace a little faster. Um, after he doesn't see his first read on the offense as to send up a play, he attacks the rim. He's looking for guys to get open, but then it's like he's going through his progressions and making the right decision. It just looks like the game is coming slower to him, which is always a good sign in development. Think about this season. For a second, I know we we like to talk about how bad the East is, and the Wizards are technically only four and a half, five games out of the eighth seed, and you got some bodies back, and they impressed so much in the first half last night that they're saying maybe this team can sneak into the playoffs. Let's just think about what this season is really about. It's all about development. It's all about chemistry. It's all about um, finding out who can play alongside Wall and Bill, your two cornerstones next season, and then we'll move on from there. So that's what it's about. And when you see guys that started off the season looking like they shouldn't even be on the floor, and now they're kind of running offenses and they're making some strides in their progression, that's the win right there. So what I've seen from Isak has been impressive. And I went to see his last five games. In his traditional stats on the season, he's averaging four points, three rebounds, and an assist. But you look at his last five games, and this is nothing that's going to jump off of the paper at you, but it's just little strides that you're like, okay, he's getting more comfortable. In the last five, he's averaging eight points, five and a half rebounds, two assists, and shooting almost 70% from the field, 68%. And his per 36 numbers are even more impressive, nine points, seven rebounds, three assists, and two steals. 
So this is not something that like, oh my gosh, he should be a starter in this league. He can let's give him a contract, let's max him out. Nothing like that. But you're just looking at guys to show strides. You're looking at guys to show progression. Looking at guys to figure out this NBA thing. Remember, Isak is young. Okay, I don't even know if he's 20 years old yet. And that's the same thing. That it's the same thing with Troy Brown Jr. These guys are so young. They're so fresh to the NBA game. He didn't play much in LA when he was there for that short amount of time. And now he's in DC. He's getting a lot of minutes. And now he's kind of finding himself and figuring out who he is as a player and how he can help contribute to this team. I also like how he doesn't step on toes. And Scott Brooks talked about that. You know, we always question, uh, maybe a month ago, we're questioning why is Esau getting to start over Troy? Or why is Esau getting to start over this player, or that player? And Scott Brooks finally came out and said, well, it's because he's not looking for his shot. He's not looking to go out there and fill the stat sheet up. He's not looking to, to say, oh, I haven't shot in three possessions. I got to get my own shot because who knows when I'm going to get the ball back. No, he's out there trying to play defense, trying to get the best look on offense, whether it's him shooting it or his teammates, typically his teammates. But now he's starting to work himself into the mix of like, oh, I can get some buckets too. So it's just a, it's a better fit for a guy who's not out there constantly seeking a shot. You need to have glue guys like that on your team. You got to have some guys that are not out there trying to light you up for 40 or trying to go ISO and let everyone know that you can score the ball. You got professional shooters and professional scorers in this league, and then you got the glue guys, and it's nothing wrong with being that glue guy. So Isak has made some strides to be that guy, and I want to see how long this lasts. I want to see him continue to work that progression and and work his game to a level where you can actually see him getting valid minutes um, next season for this team. Two offensive rebounds to go um, to decipher and add into that seven rebound performance last night. I'm liking it, Isak. So I want to take this time to say shout out to him and shout out to the um, Ryan Richmond, Coach Richmond of the G League and Scott Brooks and Tommy Shepard of just developing these guys. I'm still a little salty about the Justin Robertson uh, deal. We won't talk about that. I'd said enough about that last podcast, but Shout out to those guys for for doing this thing. This is a guy that I genuinely was like, dog, why is he on the floor? And now I'm like, okay, I like it. I just want to see growth. I don't want to just, you don't want to stay at a level. You don't want to plateau. You want to increase and do more. And that's what he has shown lately. And he was rocking the Unt Pearl 12s. Um, the Aunt Pearl, Paul George, not Paul George, KD12s last night. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of those. I think he's rocked it about three or four times this season. I got a pair of those. I haven't even worn them yet. I had to give me an outfit to throw it on with. I don't know when I'm going to break those out the box. But those are fresh. So, Isak, you got great taste in shoes. And on the floor, you're getting more comfortable. Major shout-outs to you. So, here's the, the glaring things for me last night. Obviously, the Wizards were up by 15 at one point, and then, you know, things kind of got out of hand in the second half. Utah kind of woke up. Um, it's probably after Rudy Gobert got that technical uh, called on him. He, he was angry. He was angry, got the tech, and then after that, it was like, okay, this is how we're going to play. Let's go ahead and, and establish some things right now. Without Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley, we're still one of the better teams in the league. The second unit just couldn't compare and take advantage of when uh, Rudy Gobert was not on the floor. Gobert is just such an animal, man. We have a segment that we do on NBC Sports Washington uh, Wizards Outsiders. It's called Cherry Picking. It's a brand new segment we do, and I'm just kind of just teasing the show because I want you guys to tune in an hour before every single Washington Wizards game and check that out. But it's called Cherry Picking, and in that segment, we talk about what players on the other teams do you see that you would like to pair with your team now. For example, my answer was Rudy Gobert. I cherry pick him off of Utah, put him on the Wizards, and I think he'd be a great fit. And here's why. I mean, he's a defensive, oh, I don't even know, if the extraordinaire um, 
I don't even know if I have a word to describe how good he is on defense. He's just amazing, and he's averaging 14 and a half rebounds this year. The Wizards haven't had a 14 uh, rebound per game player since Walt Bellamy in 1962. Yeah, Walt Bellamy, 1962. I for sure wasn't born. You listening, you probably weren't born. And if you're a real OG and you're listening to this podcast, one, thank you for listening to the Young Blood. But two, you were probably a youngin yourself. 1960, that was back when Chamberlain was playing. Like that's back in the day, dog. So um, the Wizards haven't had a guy that could rebound at that level in, in such a long time. I think that's something they could absolutely benefit from. I also saw that his high screen setting, which I'll talk about a little bit later in the podcast, is so, so good. And you can run those high pick and rolls with any of your guys one through four, whether it's Bogdan, whether it's Joe Ingles, or you want to use Moutier, your point guard. Anybody that you want to run that screen with, he's so efficient and effective. Kind of similar to what um, Gortat used to do when the Wizards were at their best. He was a great screen setter. He has that, that trait of screen setting and rolling, and he has a knack for finding the ball when it comes off the rim. It's just He's just one of those guys that always can find his way around the rim, find his way to get the ball and put it back in the hoop. I mean, he's, he's incredible. So I would love to pair him with the Wizards if I could, but he's just, he's really, really good, man. He turned it on that second half. You got to take advantage of him not being on the floor, especially in that second half, and the Wizards offense just couldn't get it going. It's like they left their offense in the locker room in the second half. I mean, the first half, they were shooting 60%, north of 60%, and then in the second half, they finished shooting, I want to say, 40%. Um, on the night that evened out to about 50% on the night 50 and a half but it just it was night and day and we knew we they wouldn't be able to keep up 60% shooting on one of the better defensive teams in the league uh, I think they're ninth in defensive rating um, which is is impressive and then also they didn't have Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell who add to that but I thought they could at least keep it around 50 in the second half but they just shots weren't falling like their defense turned up in the second half of Utah for Utah and that was one of the reasons why Utah came back and stole the lead and they never looked back um another thing I want to talk about Yamahimi we're talking about pick and roll defense dog I'm gonna be straight up with you man the Wizards have the worst pick and roll defense I've ever seen in my life and this is just something that I don't feel like we talk about enough <laughs> because it's one of those years where this team is just not good and you know we're trying to um um, um, regroup and find some diamonds in the rough and, and work towards a goal, which is the next season. This is when the marbles are at an all-time high next year. And it's just like, dog, oh my God, this pick and roll defense is, I don't like, do, we, do they practice it? Do they talk about it? I mean, they don't communicate. They don't do anything. And Yam Mahimi, man, we talk about Yam Mahimi being a defender. And I know me being critical of Yam Mahimi is like, uh, it's, it's, it's like watching paint dry. It doesn't really matter. It's it's, it's nothing because he's not going to be here the next season. He'll be off the books. Um, but his, his pick and roll defense is trash. I watched Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles run pick and roll with Gobert, and it was money all night long. Either either on the switch, Jan is like indecisive and doesn't just choose one, and then it's Ole defense at the rim, or it's, it's just no communication between the, the two players who are defending that, the primary ball defender and the role man. It's just no communication on defense. And when Jan is at the in the paint on those roles, he doesn't do anything. I mean, the only good trait that Jan has as a defender is post defense. If he's getting back down and he's standing there going vertical, he, he's a pretty good defender in that situation. But other than that, his defense is non 
existent. It's non-existent. And it was just exposed in the second half. They were exclusively running pick and roll at Jan and driving every single time. Like I said, Bogdan, revenge game. It was either him or Joe Ingles or whoever had the ball. They were going right at Jan Mahimi. He didn't do anything about it. Really quickly, I don't want to talk about Bogdan much because it still hurts that he's not on this team. Um, thank you, Ernie Grunfeld. But last night, he played 36 minutes, had 31 points, three assists, three rebounds. He went two for eight from the three-point line, but still finished with 31 points. Like, he shot 52% from the field. That was crazy. And also, look at Joe Ingles, 6 for 15 from the field, 20 points. Jordan Clarkson did his thing off the bench. The team is still undefeated with him. Um, him joining the team, that trade from uh, Cleveland. It's just that this team only had, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine active players. And of the nine, seven of them scored in, six of them scored in double figures. Yeah, I'll say that again. Nine active, six of them scored in double figures. Jesus Christ, like 127 points out of nowhere. A team that barely scored 45 in the first half finished with 127. That's just a testament to how bad the Wizards defense is and was last night. And the defensive woes continue. It, like I said, that pick and roll defense is non-existent. That's something they got to work on. And um, yeah, if I talk about that a little too much, my, my brain might explode. Last but not least, I told you I'm going to be quick here. I want to talk about Bradley Bill. Um, Bradley Bill, and I'll talk a little bit about Thomas Bryant too. I mean, let me talk about Thomas Bryant first, and then we'll end on Bradley Bill. Ready and break. Thomas Bryant made his return last night. He was on a minutes restriction, as is a couple guys on his team. Um, didn't want to have him over 15 minutes. Ended up finishing with 15 minutes and 30 seconds. Four for six from the field. Uh, four rebounds. Seven. I'm looking at Ish Smith. That's not Ish Smith. One assist and eight points. What I saw from Thomas Bryant is just a guy that's gonna do the same thing he's been doing all season he shoot that mid-range jump shot he's exciting and high energy guy runs the floor not stellar on defense um that, that's about it thomas bryant looked like thomas bryant i mean it was comforting to see him back because it adds some depth to the team i think um him working back into the lineup as well as bill and bertans kind of took away from a defensive lineup that's been pretty decent without those guys on the floor i don't know if you all recall the podcast i did a couple days ago for the last game but the wizards have made a drastic jump in defensive rating um recently without those services of tb brad and davis which is uh i guess it's kind of it's kind of weird but it also kind of speaks to the addition of gary payton the second as well as bigger bodies um also Anjas passage nicks is an underrated defender his his length is something that bothers opponents and people aren't really talking about that but this team ranks dead last in defensive rating and in the last i want to say seven to nine games without services of those guys i've mentioned previously they took a jump to 13th in defensive rating 13th indeed so from dead last on the season to 13th without tb brad and davis that's impressive so i said all that to say this because these guys are coming back and working their ways back into the lineup, Scott Brooks got away from some of the players that kind of contributed to that defense being good. Passage Knicks only played a minute and 47 on the day after he got extended or he had a full-time contract, three-year deal um, worth about a million and some change. So he only played a minute 47 because you got Yamahimi and Thomas Bryant working back into the fold. You look at Gary Payton the second. 
the defensive guy on this team, he only played 12 minutes last night. You also look at guys like, uh, no, that's pretty much it. Um, Isaiah Thomas, who I killed last game because he shot so abysmally. Or abysmally, is that a word, abysmally? Whatever, it's Quinn Mail. You know how I'm rocking. I don't know how to spell nothing or say nothing. He had he only played 19 minutes or 20 minutes, but he actually was pretty decent. He had eight points on four for five shooting and three assists. He did have two turnovers, but he looked good last night and then didn't play much in the second half. So I think Scott Brooks is just trying to work his way back into who's going to play, how we're going to play him, things of that nature. Because you got guys like Troy Brown Jr. who was playing 35 minutes per game the last five last night. You played 31. So minutes are going to diminish for the guys that are used to playing without these bodies of the starters. And that's just, I think, what happened last night of where you had some lineups that were working on specifically on defense. They ran a lot of zone um, in the past few games without these guys. They've been running a lot of zone all year long. They're top five in the league in running zone. I want to say number one is Houston. And I have to double check that because that was been uh, maybe a couple weeks since I checked that stat or a week since I checked that stat. But, yeah, they're still top five in the league in running zone. They didn't run much zone last night against Utah, which I think they kind of could have benefited from because if Rudy Gobert is going to go off, like, that's cool. Like, it's Rudy Gobert. But one thing you don't want to do is get in competition with one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. Even though you've been a good three-point shooting team in um, the what the Wizards, but Utah, I mean, everybody on that team seems like they can shoot Royce can shoot the rock. he can shoot the rock you also got obviously boyan you got bogey who can shoot it joe Ingles can shoot it moody can't shoot it but he even made one last night jordan clarkson can shoot the three everybody on that team seems like they can shoot the three and then when healthy donovan mitchell and mike collie like those guys can shoot the three last night for the wizards they only made seven of their 22 attempts and out of those seven four of them were for davis himself the other three came from Jan Mahimi, who made his only attempt from three-point range, Ish Smith, and Troy Brown Jr. So, yeah, that team is crazy. But I think you could have benefited from some zone because that's kind of where your defensive stops have been coming from recently. So, we, who knows? Scott is going to have to tinker with the lineup here and there to see how you can keep that defensive production up as well as get the guys back in the lineup. But I liked seeing AP get more minutes he's been playing really well which obviously is why he earned that contract that he did shout out to artis calantis his agent that's my guy who um he's he's definitely due for vacation here soon because he got ap paid but um he's been a good help on defense especially in a zone so um, that's neither here nor there scott brooks gonna have a handful with that one last but not least bradley bill um i've tried to stay away from being too critical of brad especially early on in the season, maybe the first two or three weeks. He's playing well, but after the third week of the season, I, my criticism started to turn up because I'm hard on all these guys, and that's how you should be. If you're a fan, analyst, whatever, you know what certain players can do and what they're capable of. I hold Brad to a higher standard than I hold Troy Brown Jr., even though I hold Troy Brown at an extremely high standard because I that's my guy. I know him the same way of Thomas Bryant, but... After the third week, Mark, I was like, all right, Brad, I'm going to need to see more from you. Now, I know that his workload has increased mightily because look who he's playing with or not playing with. He's the quarterback of this team. Um, you're going to take more shots, but his three-point shooting is, oh, it's so putrid. He went 0 for 7 from three-point range last night. His first game back, whatever, I understand that. But on the season, his shooting numbers are just so, so bad. It's just like he hasn't been to rhythm since maybe the, the second week of the year. And it's just like... 
the biggest thing for me is the habits that are being formed. I'm just concerned about the habits formed this season, how they transfer over to the following year. So by that, I mean, he doesn't trust his teammates um, and he trusts himself over his teammates, which is kind of a, a character trait of superstars because, hey, I mean, we're the best player on the floor and you got guys that are on two ways and freaking non-guaranteeds. Yeah, I would trust myself too. But I'm just concerned about the the shooting, the 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 wherewithal to work your way to the rim, get in between the arc and the paint, those type of shots when your three-pointer just isn't falling. And I think Brad is just now settled into the the feeling that if his three is not falling, he's still going to shoot it. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. Brad had the fourth quarter had a f- three or four finishes over Rudy Gobert that were quite impressive. And as they're making that run to kind of close the gap after they lost a 15-point lead, then after those finishes, he just starts jacking up threes again. I'm like, Brad, let's go with what's been working here. And um, I just I just don't like that. Now, I know Brad is a great guy, constant professional. He's a leader of men. I just want to make sure – I'm just concerned how this is going to translate over – to next year i just want to make sure that he displays a little more trust in his teammates and and that's it on that that's it on that that's my that's one of my biggest gripes with him i would also like to see ish smith get the ball in those fourth quarter situations ish smith like i said i notably said that ish smith had been playing in the fourth quarter at a level comparative to james harden in the last four games which if you want to be a stack I was right because Ishmith was averaging 10.5 points in the fourth quarter for the previous four games, a few of those which include Boston and Denver. And James Harden on the season is averaging 10.3 points in the fourth quarter, which is just incredible. So I said that, you know, Ish has been a closer for the Wizards as of late. And now when Brad comes back, Brad not only dribbles the ball out, but he also wants to be in charge of playmaking. But when it comes to clutch, he's not doing a clutch moments. He's not doing a lot of playmaking because he feels obligated to take the shot. I would like to see Ish Smith allow him to get past his guy, allow him to draw um, attention on him, allow him to have the ball in his hands so that he can then find a Bradley Bill who might not have to fight for an open shot as much, might not have to exert as much energy to get that shot. And rather than him dribbling out the full 24, dipping and doing and spin moving and losing the ball and then resetting and all these things and then forcing up a bad step back three from the left wing, fade away, contested while twisting his legs like gang signs. Like that's just not what I'm looking for. So I just want I just want that to change from him and we will see how things go. But yeah, that's my only gripe with him. I mean, his comeback, he he finished at the rim incredibly, but 0 for 7 from the field or from three point range is just not his it's not what he's capable of doing as much as i want to say that's just not who he is 25 points he did have three turnovers for assist and a steal and he's still on minutes restriction still working back we'll see where things go from there but yeah yep and yep i think that's it so hold on let me check the time because i think that was one of my fastest podcasts straightforward i told you guys i'm keeping under 30 well guess what i'm at 27 minutes so if you enjoyed today's podcast it was a quickie let me know on twitter and on instagram at real quentin mail like i said also follow the mail please where i post all the podcasts on twitter at the mail please that's where you'll find not just podcasts for myself but from our redskins podcast in the field with bird j miles and my boy 
Dr. P. And also, you can f- listen to the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast, which is a part of the Mail Please Network as well. Just go over there. Check us out on all your digital streaming platforms, Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. And I think that is it. Make sure you leave a review, man. Wishes play the Chicago Bulls on Monday in Chicago. They have a three-day break. Six of their next seven games are on the road after they were just at a at home for a very long time. So it's kind of a weird balance really quickly. It's a weird balance. They started off on the road a lot, came back. They got a long homestand. Now they're back on the road again. So we'll see how they fare against some of these opponents. They play Toronto again. Uh, they got some games. They play Chicago twice. Uh, I think that's about it. I think they play. Um, it's not Miami again. It's somebody we haven't seen before. It's, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Well, till next time, it's been your boy Q, and you already know what is next, baby. <clears throat> DC, DC family. family. Mighty, mighty, mighty.